You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Welcome on into Locked On College. I'm Zach Blackerby, host of Locked On Auburn, joined by Isaiah Hole, host of Locked On Wolverines. What's going on, brother? Oh, just uh, sitting here waiting. What's the Big Ten going to do? I don't know. <laughs> right. Just sitting here waiting. That's, yeah. that's about it. Yeah, it seems like, all right, well, we'll know this afternoon. Okay, well, actually, we'll know tomorrow afternoon. Okay, well, actually, we may know next week. It's like, yo, we well, don't know. We don't know, but it's coming. I see. I actually predicted that it was going to that it was going to happen on Tuesday. I predicted that over the weekend. Really? So we'll get to that later. Okay. Obviously, why? Why I think that? Since I know we're going to discuss that a bit, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't make it any less of a waiting game, right? It's like I, I'm like uh, Marge Simpson when she was having her anxiety, uh-huh. and you know, she's sitting in a cat-like state of readiness. That's been me the last four days. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. I mean, as much as you write, I'm sure you're uh, just kind of eager to to pump out that story once uh, once that comes out. So I'm, I'm sure you're sitting on ready. But yeah, we'll wrap up today's show with talking about uh, what's going on with the Big Ten. I want to talk about. Uh, I want to give some love and hype to the Clemson Tigers. I also want to talk about two uh, quarterback studs that are going to collide in the um, in the Big Twelve on October 10th. And what we think the game of the week in college football is this weekend, as well as the Big Ten goodness. But first things first, I, I, I want to start things off by overreacting, Isaiah. I, I'm going to overreact to this take, or maybe you can tell me that I'm not. Whatever. But the game I was most pumped to see this past weekend was Clemson versus Wake Forest. And it was 100% due to the fact that I wanted to see Trevor Lawrence. I needed my QB1 fix. And just to see how he's running the offense. Because, you know, they started out slow last year. Were they going to be able to kind of go ahead and hit the ground running this year? And holy cow, uh, did they look like a machine, especially early on. And uh, to me, especially after seeing that game, and once again, tell me if this is an overreaction, but I think the big conversation for who's going to win it all this year should be, is it going to be Clemson or is it going to be someone else? I mean, yeah, I think it depends on if the Big Ten gets back into it because I think Ohio State is yeah. right there, even though they've lost two prominent players and Wyatt Davis and uh, now Sean Wade. But I mean, I was right there with you. Like that was the game that I, I there were two games I had circled. It was uh, Duke Notre Dame, but more so Clemson mm-hmm. Wake Forest. Now, I, I I think I'm with you as far as wanting to see what Trevor Lawrence would do because I mean Wake Forest wasn't going to pose even as close to a threat as it did last year. I mean, you don't have, you didn't have uh, Jamie Newman under center, uh, no Sage Surratt. Uh, and I remember watching those two connect in the uh, North Carolina game last year when that was a uh, national game, I believe on a Thursday night. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was exciting to see uh, what Lawrence was going to be able to do. Uh, what, you know, just h- how ready were they going to be to go out there and show that they were, dominant and they definitely looked dominant i'm just where i'm still curious though is you look at that score 37 to 12 and Mm -hmm. i know those 12 points didn't exactly come in crunch you know in when the game was relevant right yeah so so there it wasn't like wake forest made it a game in any way shape or form but i did want to see kind of like what we see from ohio state on a weekly basis which is just a, a higher level of domination than that. But mm-hmm. also I had to remind myself, this isn't a non-conference game. This is a conference game. 
the scores aren't necessarily going to be 70 to five, right? They're just not going to be. Yeah. So uh, I, I like what I saw. I just want to keep seeing it is I think where, where I'm at with, with Clemson because we, you know, they, they don't have the issues that some of these other schools have, whether they're more shorthanded right. or they don't, or if they, uh, they haven't been playing like Ohio state, or to, uh, to this point, I mean, we haven't seen any of the SEC teams. But uh, I, I do think that it probably does run through Clemson, especially because Ohio State, if they do return, they haven't exactly had a good track record against the Clemson Tigers anyway. Yeah, that's so, true. Uh, yeah, I mean, Alabama's ranked high. Georgia's up there. LSU's up there. Whether they should be or not, I think we'll see in time. I mean, you mentioned Ohio State. I, I guess the only other one I could think of currently – Oklahoma or Texas and I mean we've seen Oklahoma kind of you know be in the in the playoff and then they just it's it kind of seems like they don't belong once they get there to me if, if you're asking me to take Clemson or the field this year I'm taking the Clemson Tigers because I mean every play when you watch them you either get to see Trevor Lawrence throw a pass or you get to see uh uh, ETN run the football, and both of those are very, very fun things to look at. So I, 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 I think Clemson's going all the way, and maybe I'm overreacting to what they did against Wake Forest, but I just think when it comes down to it, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to find a way to win these football games. I just want to see what happens down the stretch with them, with the, with all the other teams. I mean, Alabama seems to me, and uh, I, I know they stumbled, but I still have a lot of faith in Alabama, even with the you know, whoever ends up being uh, under center compared to Tua. But uh, a lot of the other teams are, are ones that I'm always on the wait-and-see wagon anyway. So yeah. I guess I should I should be theoretically joining you because Georgia, I feel, should be a lot better than they are. Considering the, the amount of five-stars that they're able to pull in, there's no other school in the country that pulls in five-stars like Georgia, yet they have one national championship appearance to – show for it in the mm-hmm. last however long. I mean, that seems incredible to me that they haven't been uh, more elite than they have, you know, than they should be or what they are at rather. Uh, but uh, I, I'd be curious to see uh, Columbus's defense looks really good. And I think that that's something we should mention as well, right? Their defensive line still phenomenal. They weren't letting Wake Forest do much of anything. Granted, I already stated Wake Forest's uh, offensive uh, departures, uh, at least for this season. So I, I am curious to see how they would stack up against uh, something like Oklahoma, who just was scoring points, you know, you know, putting points up on the board. Like that's the only thing that they know how to do right? Uh, in life. Yeah. So I, I, I'm curious to see something more, more of that once, uh, once that goes along. So I just don't know that anyone's going to challenge Clemson down the stretch because I wasn't that impressed with Notre Dame right. uh, coming coming away from uh, Saturday. I know they ended up winning big ultimately. But Ian Book looked-, looked a little bit better than I was expecting to expecting him to, though, by the way. And, and I'm th- this is coming from a guy that's like, I'm always kind of, I, I've never really wanted to take a sip of the Notre Dame Kool-Aid, but I thought, I actually thought they looked better than what I was expecting them to. So I, I think it's interesting you say that. Well, I, I thought that they looked really mediocre, considering okay. they're the number 10 team in the country. And I think they would have been about there regardless of uh, if you took Big Ten teams out or whatever. Right. I just thought that, you know, they. It, the question watching that game was, is Notre Dame not living up to expectations or is Duke exceeding them? And uh, we won't know the answer to that for until we get some more games under our belt. You're but, right. 
You're right. I didn't think uh, they were that exciting to, to watch, and I still think that they've got some really interesting pieces. I was really uh, impressed with uh, the uh, Williams, the running back. The, yeah, they always have a running back named Williams, by the way. It just seems maybe it's just Dexter Williams, and then what's his name, Kyron Williams. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, we'll, we'll see if anyone can actually step up and challenge Clemson because there's no one really in the ACC that really makes me think that they're going to see much of a challenge until they get to the college football playoff. Well, we know it's not Florida State. Holy cow, what a disaster. Oh, I mean, who else could have saw that coming when they just weren't putting it away, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was just a that was a vintage, and when I say vintage, I mean recent vintage Florida State game. Look like uh, like you're controlling the game for right. most of it. Uh, there was a lot of... Uh, mask shaming going on in my timeline on what as well as far as their fan base no question made, made me think about that monday night game a couple years ago with the mustache guy uh <laughs> when they were uh, struggling and lost that game i forgot about mustache guy oh i never forgot you can't forget mustache guy uh <laughs> i always i always say don't call me hoss boss whenever i see that shot i love but, it uh yeah, I mean, that was exactly what you anticipate from Florida State because I definitely don't think Georgia Tech's gotten much better. Yeah, I agree but. with you. It's just amazing to me how bad FSU has been in the last three or four seasons. It's just wild to me. You know, you get you know some of these top programs having a year or two off and they kind of take a second to reload and kind of get you know this new culture installed in there. But, yeah, I mean, they cannot get an offensive line. They can't field one. And it is the craziest thing. I mean, there's so much talent in the state of Florida. It's just, it's crazy that they can't figure out how to get talent on there and execute. It is wild. It is absolutely wild. Um, What's insane is that everything turned on a dime in 2017 in that opener against Alabama. Yeah, when Francois gets hurt, and then that's it. And that shows you also... Blackman, I think, is very good, but having an elite-level quarterback like Francois mm-hmm. uh, seemed, seemed to be before the injury, uh, you know, it, it just changed everything. Right, right. You know what else changes everything, Isaiah? I think I know where you're coming from here, but uh, tell me, what, what changes everything? RockAuto.com, I, they have changed Do the it. game as far as uh, how folks – can order auto uh, auto parts for your car, truck, or SUV. I mean, it comes straight to your door. I've used them. You've used them. I think it's safe to say they've changed the game. Absolutely, saved me literally thousands of dollars. And that's not even that's not even like a read. I'm not te- telling you that because they're telling me to say that. I'm telling you, they saved me thousands of dollars when I had a hoopty Cadillac that decided it was never going to work. Yeah, so be sure to check out the guys at rockauto.com, their family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the par- car, uh, all the parts your car will ever need. That's at rockauto.com. So, Isaiah, it looks like that we are going to see uh, two studs on a collision course in the Big 12. Texas quarterback Sam Ellinger and, of course, Oklahoma quarterback Spencer Rattler. There's a great write-up on ESPN.com right now about both of those guys. But uh, look good so far in the very short season that we've seen in the Big 12. Uh, They're really kind of the only good-looking things in the Big 12 right now. We can get to that in a moment. But 
I think this rivalry is going to be interesting. I think the rivalry is going to decide who wins the Big 12. Which situation do you like more? I, 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 do you like the youth and the, you know, the upside of Rattler? Or do you like the experience and the kind of you know what you're going to get with Ellinger? How do you see this shaping out in the Big 12 this year? Well, let me first note uh, both uh, Oklahoma and North Texas ain't played nobody, Paul. Uh, so there is that. But so because I saw a lot of hype and optimism for both. And I uh, when, when they were playing and couldn't watch either game, one was on Longhorn Network. The other one was on pay-per-view, which was Gross. really frustrating because I really I would have watched Oklahoma just as much as I would have watched Clemson at that same exact time. If uh, it was available to me for not sixty dollars, but uh, n- nonetheless, it's they they haven't played anybody, so I- I'm gonna kind of go off the the team that's got the track record, and that'd be Oklahoma. Yeah, I know there's the youth. There's a lot of players that are brand new or really young for Oklahoma. Gone are uh, Jalen Hurts and and uh, you know all all of the receipt. You know the CD Lamb and whatever. Yeah. So it's uh, I, I know that we aren't seeing the same faces, but we've seen Oklahoma kind of do this over and over again. The only time, the only thing that's really, really new for them is having a quarterback that didn't transfer their start, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, something that's uh, really, really new for them and not at all on brand. Uh, Texas, it just seems like we see something like this from Texas relatively yearly Mm -hmm. but uh they always end up having a couple games where you're like what are you doing texas right and that's kind of the issue so ellinger having an amazing game and uh you know saying like all right he's bringing the experience whatever it's not like we haven't seen this before now i know he's got some uh got some new targets particularly Tariq black who uh, started really strong when he was at Michigan, but then had two injuries uh, in successive years to either foot and uh, then just seemed to have some kind of motivation problems here in Ann Arbor. Uh, but he seemed rejuvenated in, in that game. So maybe that'll help. Maybe maybe it's just their year. I don't know. But yeah, I think you're right. That's going to decide the Big 12 because there's no one else in the Big 12 that looks like they're worth anything considering what happened this past week. I mean, it was an absolute disaster for that conference. And the the teams that looked like they might be the other ones in contention were among those who fell. So uh, I'm looking at you, Iowa State, Matt yeah. Campbell. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, Iowa State losing to, to the raging Cajuns. That was um, that was crazy. And, of course, Arkansas State defeating Kansas State. I mean, that that's not a good look for your conference. See, I, I was doing a radio hit. Uh, down in Mobile, and they they kind of they got a few Sun Belt teams close to there, and they were kind of asking me about that. And it's just uh, you know it there's a crazy amount of drop off. You've got Oklahoma and Texas, or you can you can go Texas Oklahoma. I don't care what order, but after that, that third team, I mean, there's a huge drop off between the top two teams and whoever is third through you know the rest of the conference in the Big Twelve. Right, I can't think of who would who that next team would actually be at this juncture because. There's just nothing there. I mean, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. I would maybe put there. Yeah, I mean, maybe I West Virginia would be the closest one. West Virginia, I would put there if Dana, Hol- uh, Dana Holgerson was still uh, leading the charge. I, I, we'll see what Neil Brown is able to do in year two. But uh, it's 
I, I just don't think that any of those teams kind of stand up to uh, what those first two can do. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of feels like a, like an even more like a stronger disparity version of the uh, of the Big Ten because uh, the Big Ten at least like you know that there's going to be about four maybe five teams in contention going into at least like the last three weeks of the season. Right. I think this thing's going to be basically over, but save for those two teams until we get towards the end of the season, because Oklahoma state, the only thing now that you mention it, that can stand in between uh, the Longhorns and the Sooners. And I don't think that they're up to their level personally. So uh, I think it's going to be really exciting when we finally see those two teams take the field. And as we know, Anything can happen in that rivalry because uh, even when Texas has no business uh, beating Oklahoma, it seems like they do it in the regular season game. So I'll be really curious to see how that works out. All right, let's wrap up uh, today's edition of Locked on College Football in just a moment by talking about what we think is the game of the week in college football, and we'll give you the latest uh, news on the Big Ten right here on Locked on College Football. All right, Isaiah. I think the game of the week, and we, we talked about it a little bit yesterday while we were um, while we were prepping for today's show. But we've got number seventeen Miami at number eighteen Louisville uh, as the as the game of the week. It's on ABC. That prime time kick at six thirty uh, Central Time, uh, based on what time zone you are. But our first ranked versus ranked matchup of the season, I believe. We talked a little bit about De'Aaron King and what he could do this season at quarterback. And I think this primetime game gives them a great stage to kind of bounce back. He played UAB on a Thursday night. I don't think he looked very good, actually. Um, UAB went like three or four drives in a row with like three and out. I mean, the UAB defense was on the field the whole game and, and took King till kind of the second half to kind of break through and get something going there. So I want to see more from him. I had really high expectations for him, and I think he has a chance to prove something Saturday night. Uh, absolutely. I mean, 15 for 23, 141 yards, one touchdown. He also rushed uh, 12 times for 83 yards, got another touchdown on the ground. Uh, I mean, the running game ended up being pretty good for them with, you know, between uh, him and Cameron Harris, who had 134 yards. Uh, but the fact that they didn't put away UAB in a stronger fashion is a little disconcerting. Yeah. Uh, the defense, which is still uh, so, you know, right now, statistically, one of the top defenses out of the small field that's played, uh, giving up 14 points in the first half. Uh, or, well, I guess it was in the first three quarters, rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's still somewhat disconcerting. Uh, I know that they were a top defense last year, but Miami has been kind of on this, you know what, or get off the pot kind of mode for a while, right? Like right. last year. Everyone had really high expectations for them. They almost ended up beating Florida, even when they had no business doing that. Uh, but uh, e- even when they looked really, really good, like a couple of years ago, and then they ended up, uh, you know, they end up throttling Notre Dame, and everyone thinks, all right, the U is back. They end up, uh, they they end up giving up some games that they shouldn't, and that's the the thing that's disconcerting for me with them. And listen, I really like the Hurricanes in general. I've been following them since. Uh, Billy Corbin's uh, The U and the U Part 2 uh, 30 for 30s came out, and I, I want to see them get back, but I need to see that defense get a little bit more short up. Uh, I need to see the offense be a bit more consistent. You need to, that passing game to kind of get going. Uh, you're, you're not going to get it done when you, it comes to the Clemsons of the world or 
Heck, North Carolina looked really good. Uh, some of these other teams. And this wasn't even a conference game. This is So playing UAB, this was a game that Miami should have come out and taken a stand. They didn't. So I'm curious to see how they do against Louisville. But Louisville, I don't think is anything to write home about either. Yeah. Even though we talked about this being the first ranked-on-ranked matchup, they didn't have a good defense last year. And it certainly didn't look uh, very good against uh, Western Kentucky. It took them uh, until, you know, they didn't really fully put the game away uh, until the second half. And then even then it was, you know, still a two-score game. I understand Western Kentucky has uh, Pigrom from uh, Maryland, the transfer. Yeah. Uh, but, and they, they tend to have a pretty good offense in general. And what, Louisville was able to put up some yards with uh, Malik Cunningham. I mean, that's a pretty good stat line, uh, 343 yards, uh, 19 for 34, three touchdowns, one interception. But I just, I just am not buying Louisville yet. So I think that this will be the most exciting game to going into it. But these are two teams that I'm not sure that either is really ready for the national stage. Granted, we have no choice. They're going to be on the national stage. <laughs> but I, I don't know that they're, uh, that either is necessarily going to end up being – whoever wins this might not end up ranked in the, the end of the season as it is. So uh, they, they better put their best foot forward because whoever loses is certainly not going to be – uh, worth their salt come the end of the season. Yeah, no question. No question. All right, man, give us the latest on the Big Ten from your perspective up there. Well, it's a, it's a wait-and-see game. I just wrote an article on Wolverine's Wire at wolverineswire.usatoday.com uh, saying we we got to have some patience here because uh, I predicted, like I said at the top of the show, that we would probably have a good idea what's going on come today, Tuesday. I wouldn't be surprised if it's more Wednesday because – Listen, the Big Ten's been a clown show. Everybody's seen uh, the disunity that's been going on in the conference. It's not looked the way that it's been perceived over the course of decades. Uh, so I think that they want to make sure that they get this right. So even if they do have a vote, it might be quiet until they get their all of their ducks in a row, get their plan together so that they can uh, look like a strong, unified front if they do decide to return. Uh, you have the report over the weekend that they are uh, going to come back with an October 17th start. Uh, I, I am definitely in a – not necessarily I'll believe it when I see it. I think there's been enough uh, re- reputable people out there saying that uh, it's probably going to happen. But we just got to be a little bit more patient as far as waiting for them to actually get to it. Uh, that's still over a month away. Uh, not by much, but it's still there. A lot of a lot of these teams have been uh, practicing. A lot of them haven't taken any time off, so the wrap up to the season uh, shouldn't be that harsh. Uh, so it's uh, we're just kind of in a purgatory type situation when it comes to the Big Ten. Uh, what I will say is, don't believe any of the rumors out there that there's going to be uh, teams sitting out, started by a particular flamethrower that has. Uh, no credibility on the internet. And then Dan uh, Patrick came out and said that Michigan, Michigan state, Maryland, and some others probably aren't going to play. Uh, I, I think that that's completely bunk. And I know that uh, Nebraska, not Nebraska, but Wisconsin's president uh, basically debunked that as it were saying that it's going to be uh, all in or all out. Yeah. So uh, we, we'll just wait and see how it goes. I, I just think that they're going to make a decision that's, gonna you know they're gonna make whatever they feel is the smart decision whether that's to play or it's not to play and uh i think that they'll at least have everything somewhat figured out in advance compared to when they postponed the season so for that reason 
I think people have to be a little bit more patient with the conference while it figures it out. We'll know sometime this week. And I think that's the important thing. And then if they're able to resume a season, then they'll get to work and uh, it will be what it is. And we can hopefully finally get forward to looking to some uh, some football this fall. Yeah, up here. absolutely, man. Isaiah Hull, where can people find uh, you on the socials and also find all your content, man? Uh, at Isaiah Hole on all social, no matter which uh, which one you want to try to find me on. I think he, that's even what my handle is on Pinterest. Wow. Uh, locked, on, uh, locked on Wolverines as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, and uh, you can also find me at wolverineswire.usatoday.com. Fantastic, man. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at ZBlackerby. Um, and then, of course, all of our content at Locked on Auburn. Um, just like everyone else here in Locked on Podcast Network, um, every single day we're at it. So well, we will have more. Uh, Isaiah and I will have more Locked on College for you next Tuesday. But don't forget, more of our, um, our colleagues will have things going every single day right here on this podcast feed. So more Locked on College football coming up tomorrow. You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.